All right. Mama, we got a child up here. I know this is, it might be embarrassing, but it's, it's not really. Just, we run around here taking care of each other's kids. But he don't know who it is, so you raise your hand and we'll get this one to you. Because she's pretty, I'll take her home. Uh, he's going to be right down here. She's looking for her mama, so. That's there, right here. We have a winner. That's why we have good greeters and ushers and all these kind of folks. There you go. I was lost, but now I'm found. Today, as we get started, before we get into the sermon, I want to take a, 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 a moment to uh, express my gratitude about Memorial Day. Uh, so thankful for those that have given their lives so that you and I could enjoy the freedom that we have in our country. I just came back from uh, uh, several different countries, and I'm telling you, uh, we look around, sometimes we talk and gripe about our problems, but this is still a great place to be. I promise you it is. And uh, so, uh, uh, but we, we always, of course, always first comes to mind is, is the Powell family and Chad and his sacrifice. And I'm so uh, grateful for that kind of courage and nobility and honor that people would have for our country. And I'm also grateful for those who have served here and are serving. And if you have, uh, if you if you've served our country in the military uh, or are serving, would you stand? Let us uh, appreciate you for a moment. Would you do that, please? Let's all stand for a word of prayer as we. Thank God. Father, we thank you for our country. We thank you for the freedom we have. We pray, Father, for our president and all those in authority, not only in this country, but for countries all over the world. We pray for revival. We pray for a turning back to your words and your commands and your truths. We pray, Father, for a blessing from you. We ask for soft hearts and uh, strong, strong, uh, courageous hearts. To follow your word. Thank you, Father, for those that serve us uh, and provide this freedom. And, Father, especially uh, for those that gave their life. We are grateful uh, for the freedom that we have. May we never forget uh, what we have. May we always have an attitude of gratitude uh, and be appreciative. Thank you, Father, for this day and for the life that was given for us to have spiritual freedom and the hope in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside me.
church said? Amen. Amen. Be seated, please. Yeah, that's all right. You can clap for our country. That's okay. If you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, that's where we're going to be working out of the text here in just a little bit. We have this series about summer trips and, uh, you know, uh, 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 this one, uh, uh, it's been an interesting story to me as I look back at a very familiar story in the Bible. And the title of this one's Let's Go Boating. Now, uh, there's a, probably a lot of people in this room that they use a boat for a lot of things, you know. I think about the fishers of men every Friday night and all the, all the, uh, all the fish they catch and, and the people they catch while they're catching fish, right? Uh, of course, I couldn't help but think about uh, Phil and his uh, uh, using his boat. There's a little younger picture, by the way, uh, uh, Phil. And uh, he would take that boat out and not only fish, but also take men out and be a fisher of men. And what I like about it, all those years, since those days till now, Phil still has the same message. Now, his boat has gotten bigger. Uh, you remember, remember last year they did the Duck Commander cruise, right? And Alan was telling me that Phil really didn't, you know, didn't want to go on a cruise. And like, why would you want to be on a boat with 3,000 people? You can't get away from them, right? And yet Alan said, no, it's like this, Phil. Uh, you're on a boat and you can preach and there's 3,000 people. They can't get away from you. He said, I'm in, you know. And... As a result of that preaching the message, there on that cruise, 200 people were baptized into Christ. Amen to that. This is one of those fellows. A lot of good boating stories. And then Matthew, here's one here that's a, that has a lesson for us, too, in chapter 14. You know, we had just got back, uh, Robert Abels and myself and Ben Atkins, from uh, being uh, on a trip to visit uh, Athens, Greece, where we're working with some refugees that are coming out of Afghanistan and Iraq and other places. And uh, brothers and sisters doing such a good job and a lot of conversions taking place there, a lot. And, uh, and it's very exciting for the kingdom. One of, those, uh, one of those young men that he come across, as they get in anything that will float to get out of those terrible, desperate situations they're in. That there was a group of them on a big rubber raft. And as they got close, what would happen is the, if the Coast Guard comes, if they're in distress, they have to pick them up. So when they would see and they would come close, they would cut that raft and it would sink and then the, they'd have to be picked up. When that happened, this, this man had his infant in one arm and his nine-year-old hand on the other and his wife's in the boat. And as they're in distress, he drops the baby. So he dives in once and can't find the child and comes up. Dives in a second time and can't find this baby. A third time and time's clicking off. A fourth time. And on the fifth time he told us that he felt something hit his leg and, he, and it was his baby. So he comes up out of the water and throws the baby on the boat and they get the water out of the baby and they get the air back in. The baby starts breathing again. And today there are no signs at all of that thing happening to this kid. Isn't that great? 
And he says, God, God, must, God must have a message for me. So he makes it into Greece. And he goes to uh, the place where some folks are teaching the gospel. And our brother there shares the good news with him. And he, be, he, he becomes a Christian. And, and eventually his wife becomes a Christian. And now that family is raised up knowing who Jesus is. A family who had never read the Bible before. Never knew the story of Christ. And yet, desperate people do desperate things. And God is opening up a world of opportunity for the gospel to be taken. Who knows? God may use refugees to take the gospel to the, all of Europe again. I don't know. But I'm telling you, there's some great, amazing things. Well, Robert and Ben and I will share some more at a later time. But you talk about a, a boat story. There's some boat stories. Some rescue stories. Well, today there was a... And this story is we typically go, there's Peter walking on the water. He looks, he gets distracted, he doesn't have enough faith, or he's weak, and that kind of thing. We kind of make those typical points of walking on the water, and, and, and that's okay. But there's more to this story, I think, than, the, than what we think about. Be, before we get into this, uh, the reading of the story, I want you to understand the human side of Jesus. In chapter 14... John the Baptist, kinfolk to Jesus, right? A fellow prophet and preacher has his head cut off. And the disciples take his body and bury it, and they come and tell Jesus the news. And when Jesus hears this news, it says in chapter 14, he gets in a boat to go out to a solitary place by himself. And as he goes out there, and look, wouldn't you want to be by yourself too? Have that kind of a loss. In your, we, he's human. He's, he's suffering some grief and some loss there that's taking place. And so he goes off. Well, the crowd that has heard all the great things he's been doing, they walk around, because you can still walk to this area he's going to, they walk around, 5,000 men plus the women and children all go with, gather up with him. Now what we would have canceled the event and said, there's been a death in the family, we can't do this. We can't take care of people. Now you're asking stuff of me in the middle of this problem? No. We wouldn't do it. But they all come and he sees them. And as he gathers there, they're like sheep without a shepherd. He has compassion on them. And he teaches them. And then you remember, they don't have anything to eat. Now they're off at this solitary place. The disciples say, they need to go get something to eat. He says, no, we'll feed them whatever we got here. And he gets the the fish and the loaves. Remember that story? And he feeds the 5,000 plus. And they pick up all the basketfuls to take home. That's the context. He still hasn't gotten by himself yet. So he tells the disciples, y'all go on out in the boat. I'm going to stay here on the mountainside and pray. I'll dismiss the crowd and get rid of them and spend some time by myself. And in verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Later that night he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage or heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he told. 
he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, you of little faith. He said, why did you doubt? By the way, that same reaction happened earlier in chapter 8 in a boat story when the winds and the waves were going and they were asleep. Remember Jesus was asleep on the boat? Yet at that time they hadn't quite really realized who he is and they just said, what kind of man is this that can do this? This time they have a little different response. When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. They recognized the deity of Jesus. I mean, think about the emotions Jesus went through in that one day. I've lost a relative. Thousands are coming to me for stuff, asking me things. I feed them. I really just want to be by myself with my God. And now I'm back here with the disciples. And they're even fearful and doubting a little bit, you know. Storms bring about things in people's hearts. Look for Jesus. Look for him in the storm. Because he's there. He'll come to you. And you're going to have some fearful things. You're going to have times when you doubt. You're going to have times when you feel abandoned. Matter of fact, most times in the storms, we think God's not with us. We feel like he's a long way off, right? But it's really when we abandon ourselves and abandon ourselves to God that we find him. He's been there all the time. It just feels that way to us. Now, I know some of you are going through some storms right here today. Some are going through marriage storms, and it's been rocky, and the wind and the waves have been getting the best of you, right? Some are going through health storms. You got that call from the doctor, and it wasn't good news. And fear has been there, and, and, and you stayed up all night worrying about it, and you couldn't sleep, and you have those storms that happen to us. Financial storms, stress on the job, all these things. Storms with relationships with your kids, and, and, and they're not really where you need, think they need to be at the Lord, and you worry about that. There are all these storms that happen. We all experience them. Sometimes we like to walk around like we don't. But you, you know what it's like, right? You've had those nights where you couldn't go to sleep because something was on your mind and, and anxiousness overwhelmed you and, and you give in to the thing of worry and, and you're trying to figure out, boy, if I could just understand why somehow or another that would make everything okay. We ask God to take away the circumstance. But unfortunately, the circumstance is not what our problem our problem is our, where we are in our heart with God during the circumstance. You see, it's not the circumstance that has to change. It's my heart that has to change. And sometimes storms make us do that change that we really need. They grow us up. They cause us to trust God more. And isn't it great that he, he's there? Look what he says to him. Because not only do you look for him in the storm, you listen to his words. Because he will speak to you in the storm. And here's what he said to these guys, and he says it to us too. Take heart. Or this word means heart or courage or confidence. Take heart. It is I. Don't be afraid. Sometimes you just need some confident courage from someone else. And boy, where's the best place to get it than Jesus Christ? Because they thought they saw a ghost, but all of a sudden they hear him speak. He says, hey, look, 
Be confident. Be of good cheer. Take heart. It is I. Now, why do he say it that way? It is I. Because he is I, what? Am. Emmanuel, God with us. He's always with us. And being reminded and being conscious of that, that gives us confidence and that gives us courage. And then he tells us this thing, don't be afraid. But, you know, we, we are, aren't we? In our weak, human weakness, we're afraid. Why does he say so many times in the Bible, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid? Because he knows it's our human tendency to always be afraid. He knows we'll struggle with that. And so the voice and the words of Jesus, take heart. It is I. He's there. Don't be afraid. So when you lay awake at night, and I've done this, I've let things get on my mind too much. I've struggled with stuff and stay up and you can't sleep, right? You've had that? I don't think I'm probably the only one that's battled that before. You're going through some kind of storm, And I I remember this passage, and I just say these words out loud. I remind myself, Jesus told me to take heart. He's here. And don't be afraid. It's not a verbal formula that something magical happens, but but going to God's Word and having it hit in my heart, remember what David said, what, that I might not sin against it. And so I I know I'm vulnerable sometimes. I've got to keep depending on the words that Jesus has given me. Especially in the storms when sometimes I feel abandoned. Now, today, normally at the end of a sermon, and we're not at the end of it, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> at the end of a sermon, we, people would come down and respond. We're not going to do that today. Uh, What I want to do is I want to have a prayer for those who have storms going on in your heart. And I want to ask you, if if you're comfortable and want to, and if you want to respond, you just stand up where you are with, with your storm. I want to pray over you. And if there are those that are around you that, that are, that I'm sure that love you, that they want to pray with you too, that's okay too, okay? I just want to have a prayer for all of us who are struggling and fighting something, the storms there. Sometimes they're not our own making. Sometimes they're our own fault. But whatever you're needed, if you're going through a storm, would you just stand up and allow us to pray over you and allow those that are around you to just put your hand out on you and those sitting beside people, just, let's just pray for them. Fathers, there are those that are acknowledging the storms in their life right now. I pray, Father, for spiritual strength. I pray, Father, for victory. I pray, Father, for each person, regardless of the kind of storm they're going through, that they could hear your, the words of your Son. Take heart. I'm here. Don't be afraid. Father, ease the fear that these men and women have of the storm that's in their life. 
cure the anxiousness. Help us all, Father, to learn how to help each other through storms, to hold one another's hands, to, to bless each other because of your word and because of the grace that's been shown to us. Help everyone standing to know, Father, your healing power, that the grace shown to us by your Son is more than sufficient for whatever storms are happening in the hearts of my brothers and sisters. Please bless us to be people, Father, that even though we fear times and even though we doubt, that we'll remember and be conscious of your presence with us and we'll serve you faithfully and give you the glory for every victory that you have for us. Thank you. Thank you for the healing today. Thank you, Father, for the forgiveness that we have and the grace we experience. In Jesus' sweet name, we pray this prayer, a prayer for peace. We know, Father, we pray with the help of your Holy Spirit to you, our God and our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And what they do? The Bible says after that, they worshiped his holy name. They worshiped his name. And we want to do end our service with some time just of worship. <laughs>